In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Kunal Madgonkar, who is the media manager at uh, Bengaluru Football Club, or BFC as the fans know it, about how he built one of India's most passionate fan bases. Uh, Kunal joined BFC at inception about six years ago and has been integral to its growth across these many years. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, him and I know firsthand how passionate he is about the sport and the club itself. Also, he's probably the only guy I know who's been to North Korea. Hey, hi Kunal. Hi, hi. hi. So much for the intro, man. The North Korea bit kind of nailed it. <laughs> so, Kunal, what was North Korea like? Ah, oh, was probably the most surreal experience of my life. Uh, something that I would gladly do all over again. Is probably the weirdest place I've been to, and every single minute had had a different story. So I've just come back with so much, so much content for like six days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, every time I, I need to kind of realize that I went there, I just opened my passport and checked the visa stamp, and it's just yeah, it's crazy. Must be must be crazy going through airports, right, with the North Korea visa stamped on your uh, passport. Uh, it is, uh, at some, at, I mean, we travel so much with the club and there are some places where immigration officers kind of flip through your passport and they stop and yeah. look up at you and look down again and it's, it's quite amusing. It is quite amusing. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, tell us about the early days at the club. What were, uh, you know, what were the early days like with BFC? Uh, so... Uh, long story short, I joined the club uh, before it was called what it eventually was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the email that I received said that there is a club in Bangalore and they're looking for a media manager. So I just took this massive leap of faith. I used to be a journalist. I took the job, uh, came to Bangalore for the first time, for the first year of my job as media manager of PFC. I did not know what it entailed. Mm-hmm. I've never been a media manager in my life, and so it's just completely new for me. But yeah, I mean, we we had a we had we had a blank slate, a completely blank slate, mm-hmm. no history to fall back upon. Uh, absolutely nothing to kind of make my job easier. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we went about we went about things with a completely different approach and the management was great, the owners were great, I got a massive free hand to mm. say so, do things. And uh, we made a lot of mistakes, we got a lot of things right. But the good thing is that we kept, we kept, I mean, we kept at it. Yeah. So the early days was, like I said, was really strange because, I mean, Sunil Shetty was the only name on the roster that we knew. Yeah. I mean, the others knew, not, not us. So, yeah, I, I mean, every time we, we stepped on the pitch at Bangalore Football Stadium, we wonder uh, when September 22nd does come around, which is the date of our first game. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fill this place up? Just how, who's going to show up? Yeah, who's going to show up? Mm-hmm. I mean, why would they show up? Is Sunil Chetri alone not big enough for angle or reason to kind of pull them? Will they come once? Will they keep coming again? Mm-hmm. What if it's so bad that I mean, the series just falls out of love with us after like two games, three games. So, there's so many thoughts here, so many thoughts. All of us who assembled didn't know the language, didn't know the city. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was basically building a team on the pitch and outside of it. I mean, both were really strange experiences. And I, I belong to the outside of the pitch, but I was 
uh, lucky enough to to be privy to the way uh, the coach and the management went on doing the team on. So yeah, right. something really special. Right. What were the advantages of starting with a blank slate? I mean, you mentioned that there was no precedence, right, uh, on how you should go about doing this thing. Uh, so, what were the advantages like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say at first it did, did feel like a slight disadvantage because mm. at some some point you want to turn back and find some sort of cushion. But like, I mean, I think the blank slate is the biggest advantage. It mm. is the biggest advantage because uh, everyone who kind of came to the team, I mean, when I say everyone, I mean players, I mean coaching staff, and I mean uh, non-technical staff, that's all of us. We all came with, with, with a single aim to kind of change something in Indian football. Mm. So, and that's why the team was assembled the way it was. Mm. That we, all of us, we were completely willing to dunk ourselves into this project mm. and uh, be the reason of some sort of change. So when you have a blank slate, you said there was your, your I mean, the the plaudits are yours, the mistakes are yours, you live with them. So, right. Right. And, and you get to learn a lot there. Yeah. So there's everyone's, it's just that everyone's pushing and pulling in the same direction. Yeah. But uh, I mean, with, 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 it's just a single aim of, of kind of getting this club to where we want to be in our respective fields. So I think the, the, the blank slate was the biggest advantage to be had, to be very honest, because we made the rules then. Right. You kind of lived and died by your own uh, decisions, right? I mean, you didn't have like a plan B or a fallback as such. Pretty much, pretty much. Like I said, we got a few things wrong. We got most things right, which is, I mean, the success of the clubs enjoyed is testament to that fact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it was, I mean, there was not, there, and there's still, after seven years, seven seasons, there isn't a single regret of what we did wrong. Yeah. We, I mean, they say you, you, either, you either win or you learn it. Right. So, and that, right. that, that we took that upon us even off the pitch. Yeah. No, the fact that you guys are able to fill up stadiums and, you know, have this passionate fan base today is mm-hmm. testament to all of the good work that you put in, right? And BFC is a very unconventional club in that respect. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in terms of what makes it different. But before that, uh, you know, what was the role of the founders itself, you know? Um, having people who are not just involved financially, but also like emotionally connected with the, uh, with the club, right? Like Parth, I'm sure was in the stands uh, on, you know, on the ISL finals, for example, right? Having them be there along with you, not just like, you know, in, as an investment, but even emotionally being connected with you. How much of a help is that? That is everything to be honest with you. That is everything. So, I mean, these are not just owners who treat the club as a as a small pet project mm. or you know mm. one of your fun things that hey listen I want a football club. Right. But but they had a blueprint in mind. They sat over every possible meeting uh, at the outset. They were the ones responsible to put together the right team. I mean right from the management and you know then lower the management then I would talk to kind of assemble on the team below them. So they got it right from the outset. Yeah. And uh, like you said, they're really emotionally invested in the club. And even till day, even till season seven, I mean, I get texts from part the, just talking about the game, you know, how good were we or how bad were we, mm. uh, what's the attendance looking like, and we were really loud on television, I mean, the fans, that is. So mm. even after season seven, 
that kind of involved in this than not just because we won. I mean, this season we was the first season we didn't win anything. Right. But yeah, but his involvement was was uh, so solid as always. And even uh, when we have these annual awards nights and the owners come down speak to the team, they're not they're not just saying such general things. They're yeah. they're picking out specific events. They're picking out specific minutes in a game. That yeah. they saw that, that that you know affected them. That got them jumping out of their sofas at home. So, I mean, when you know that you are you are part of a team that has owners like this, it mm-hmm. makes your job so much more easier. And another really important thing is that we're in a place where we can we can disagree with a suggestion that comes from the owners or from the management if we think it's in the best interest of the club. If if an option B is 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 something we know will do better. Mm. Uh, we 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 don't think twice. Or it's in that kind of environment we don't think twice about saying something to the owner. Yeah, so free to operate basically. Yeah, and that's that's just that that thing is the best part about this team. Right. And and everyone takes it in the right spirit because they all know that everyone means the best for them. Mm. So mm. you're not just saying it to sound arrogant. You're not just saying it to prove a point. Yeah. Uh, you're just thinking because you really realize that listen, this is yeah. the right way for the club to move ahead. So it's a brilliant space to be in. I don't think many people can say that because I've interacted with a lot of people and a lot mm-hmm. of clubs, and so many times they've just got to do things in the honest way, even if it's yeah. irrational, even if it's not tactical sounding, but because it's come from above. So that's not the case here. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, one thing that, you know, I, I've personally worked with you as well, so I understand that is that how you guys don't have any egos in any of these things, right? There's absolutely no ego involved. And it's so very clear that literally everyone is trying to do the best for the club in whatever it is that they're doing, right? No, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I'm sorry to cut you, but I think, I, think, I, think, I think the best example that I could give you for that was uh, the first game that we ever played. Mm. Uh, this is a little anecdote. Few people know, few people don't. But uh, when Sunil Chetri was was on the team, he joined mm. the club slightly later than the others because he was with the national team then. Mm. And Ashley Westwood was our coach at that point in time. And Ashley Westwood was yeah. whole English mentality, and you know, he just changed the game completely. Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, uh, fitness, physical fitness was such a key component in Westwood's training. And when Sunil came, he came unfit. And uh, I'm sure even Sunil expected to walk straight into the team, straight into the first eleven. But that didn't happen. Uh, so for our first ever game, where all of us are, you know, like fretting, like I told you, we sat in the middle of the pitch at 2 a.m. the night before and said, hey, how is this, is this place going to fill up or not? Mm-hmm. And we just found solace in the fact that Sunil Chetri is on the team. So it will fill up. And the next day in the afternoon, we get the team sheet and Shetri's not on the team. He's not on the first 11, he's on the bench. Shucks. <laughs> yeah, so we just didn't know what to do. So we've got the best player, the Indian captain, the one known name on this team to get the crowds and he's on the bench and we have the owners in the stands and we've got a brand new coach and we're playing Mohan Bazaar, which is probably the most celebrated. Best known club in India. In, in India. So yeah, it was, I mean, but we later figured out that uh, Westwood wanted to be honest with the team. He wanted to be honest uh, with himself, to his beliefs. And he had to make this really tough decision and he picked up the phone and called up Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. 
he didn't see any way ahead for the club, so he, he kind of pulled the plug on it. Right. So you cannot see, listen, whoever you are, no matter how much wealth they're rolling in, if they lost money, he's lost money. Yeah, it's not infinite. It's just simple. Yeah. Whatever you're losing, you're losing it. Mm. And, and that's a down. So the club set out right from your one to be self-sustainable at some point. It won't happen, maybe, maybe it won't happen for as long as all of us are there for the next few years at least. It's going to take a lot of time. But we're right. on the right track. So every season, in season seven, we've cut down losses. Mm-hmm. So it's all about cutting down losses. So with every with every season, uh, I mean, the aim is to kind of eliminate certain things and make the losses keep going. Right. We were a long way from kind of, of breaking even and, a, and an even longer way from running the profits. But th- that vision is there right now itself. Right. So that's why, I mean, we worked with you early, early days, early stages. So what happens is people go crazy early on and then realize, hey, this is not yeah. working out. You know, make, yeah. it's not that we haven't made financial mistakes. We have. Mm. But we've, we've been really quick to learn from them. And uh, yeah, I mean, another testament to the fact is that uh, even in the I-League and stuff, where we won two I-League titles in three years, we were, I think, sixth or seventh uh, on a list of 10 clubs in terms of budget spent. So oh. we were not, yeah. So everyone kind of took it for granted, oh, it's owned by the Jindals, so you guys got a lot of money. Mm. No. It's, it's not like that. Even even vendors that came to us, oh, JSW, fine. This is our code. No, it doesn't work like that. Right. I've, been, I've been given three rupees to play with. Or I have to play within three rupees. Simple. Mm. It's very simple. So Fantastic. I couldn't run to the management and say, hey, listen, can you give me two more rupees? Mm. And they in turn couldn't run to the owner saying, hey, can you give us two more rupees? So right. everyone knew this from the outset. And we still know it. It's still a fight every single day. Right. And, 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 and to just give you an example, it's, it's something that I always throw, but it's something that puts uh, the whole spends and, in, into perspective. Is uh, I never tire of saying this, but so we, we get we get a minimum of, of nine home games a season mm-hmm. and a maximum of 10 if you make the semi-final. Uh, our, average, our average profit from merchandise sales at a home game which is your biggest seller because you've got about 15,000, 20,000 GB come. Our average profit from that, we will need to sell 180 home games a season if Sunil Chetri actually pays salary. Wow. So I need, I get nine home games a season. I will need 180 home games a season. And I'm only talking about one player. Great. Great. This club has 35 other players in the senior squad for B team. Mm-hmm. And under 18, and under 16, 15, and under 13s, 90. Your academy and everything, right? Just the works. So. Shucks. Exactly. Yeah. Shucks is pretty much. Yeah. I'm putting in my lever, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you're not careful, I mean, it can just quickly go out of hand, right? I mean, as you mentioned, people shut down all the time. Uh, yeah. So another way, I mean, BFC is very atypical is how amazingly accessible the players and the management is with the with the fans itself, right? I mean, you see that in every game, you see that in every league. You guys uh, are so damn accessible, right? Was that an intentional thing or did that uh, just evolve? Uh, how do you keep that up and how do you keep that going? 
No, it was it was completely intentional. It was completely intentional. Uh, because, like I said, we had a blank slate. We had nothing to, to shout off from the rooftops. So we said, listen, we have got to erase this this boundary that of sorts yeah. that is 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 pleasant where you think, oh, that's a professional player. No, but it mm. is a boundary just enough where the fan thinks that he or she is investment in the game. Obviously, they are. They're not just, well, we're not here to make your money for a ticket manager. See, if you have a mm. suggestion, you can literally walk into our offices and tell us. Uh, we we had players calling on fans, you know, giving them, we, we did all of this. So, right. so we had this, uh, just to give you an example of how we kind of erase those, those boundaries between fans and players. Uh, in the first season, we had a player called Sean Green, who was an Australian striker. And one of the games in the middle of the season, he kind of lived out with a hamstring injury. So we got a message from a fan on Facebook saying, uh, is Sean yeah. all right? We said, listen, why don't you give us your phone number and we will call you up inside and tell you. So we got Sean Rooney to call the fan up and give him a whole medical lowdown of what's what's wrong with him and how he's working at rehab and what game does he cite as his comeback. And this fan went all over the place saying, listen, Sean Rooney called me up and he's getting fit and he's coming back. And no. So things like that. You had you had uh, because of the relationship we've kind of built with the fans, we know them, we know their personal stories, which also allows us to get our coaches and our players to reach out to, you know, the people during during birthdays, during weddings, during deaths, during difficult times. It's you know, we've always communicated with our fans that our doors are always open. It's just beyond football. We're a community and this is this is just more than Saturday night. 7 p.m. and uh, 3 p.m. and a title. So, and, and the good thing is that we got a buy-in from the players and the coaches early on. Yeah. They, it's important that they respond yeah. uh, not like, not, not because they have to, but they, because they feel it. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, and that's the difference. I mean, these boys could still fake a smile and sign an autograph and, you know, do stuff. But, no, it's very uh, genuine. They, they kind yeah. of did it genuinely the first year round and they got back that kind of love yeah which they weren't used to anywhere else and it just passed on from every new player who came the subsequent season so maybe a newest player yeah. who comes will always say hey listen this is just something different they have played in front of bigger platforms on bigger platforms in front of bigger crowds uh, better atmospheres but they all admit that the the kind of family that this club is is that that feeling they 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 struggle with. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so one of the things that's immediately obvious when you meet a BFC fan, right, is not just uh, it's it's not just their passion for the sport itself, but it's for the people as well. You know, uh, they really cherish those memories that they've had with the players, with the ma- at the matches and so on, right? Uh, and you know, it's not just the uh, West Block Blues guys. Right, I mean, it's even the even on the away games as well. You guys are building up a, a pretty steady following, right? How do you do that? So, uh, like I said, we, we get so much of we get a lot of, of mail, a lot of tweets where uh, you know fans are literally written to us saying, "Listen, I was going through a really bad phase in my life, but this club kind of saved me." And that's when you realize that listen, <laughs> it's not just football for everybody. Significance beyond football, right? Exactly. It does take a lot for someone who's gone through personal tragedy in AP, which it has happened on so many occasions. Uh, fans with mental health problems, uh, 
you know, seeing that they found solace, they found strength with the way the club's performed, uh, with the way the club's come back from defeat. They've taken it as an uh, as an example for their lives, and and I mean, we just show this, we show this to the players before a game on a screen, before they step mm-hmm. out. Uh, in and obviously in in consultation with the coach, so many times, and we say, listen, when you walk out of that tunnel, those guys they feel this about you. You mean this to them, so. You know, when you're going out there, you're playing for them. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic, man. And, like I said, it's got a lot to do with the relationship people. We've taken the trouble to kind of personally invest ourselves in their lives, yeah. in their sure. stories. It's not just, hey, we hit 20,000 fans right now, it's far out of control, tickets are being sold, brilliant. No. We still make an effort. We know a lot of fans on a first-name basis, and I don't think a lot of clubs can say that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, so it's so obvious as well that it's not a number, right? It's not like, you know, uh, uh, these fans are a number like 20,000, 30,000, whatever it is. Uh, you have a real relationship with uh, these uh, folks, right? Yeah, and like you, like you mentioned, you mentioned about away games, okay? And that is something we constantly are amazed about even after seven seasons because away games, you end up spending money, a lot of it sometimes. You spend time with booking yourself in a hotel. Uh, we've had fans travel to our away AFC Cup games. We've had a mother and a son travel to watch us play in Turkmenistan. Of all wow. yeah. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you spend money? Why would you leave your work, your family, whatever it is, and travel to Turkmenistan all this? Yeah. To just watch us play. So, Insane. yeah, we went to Turkmenistan and there's about... Uh, 15,000 home fans and two away fans. <laughs> and uh, we lost, but the whole team went over to those two and clapped for them. And those moments are something that are just, I mean, you just can't take them away. Man. And you can't, yeah. cannot put a price on it. So yeah. it's just fantastic to, to, I mean, I asked myself, would I have taken leave from work if I had another job? Would I have mm. booked tickets, travel, booked hotels to support my local team? Right. And I'm not sure about the answer. Yeah. So, no, I don't think a lot of us can exactly, as well, right? Exactly. I mean, it's just, uh, to make someone feel for something or someone to that extent, right? Absolutely. So, so how do we, how do you make this commercially viable for the uh, club itself, right? I mean, this type of a fan engagement, you know, uh, whether in ter- whether it's in terms of your merch or you know any of the other stuff, right? Uh, I. I also know that you have some partnerships as well going with some sure. other brands and stuff. Yeah. So how do you make any of this commercially viable? Because you, you are spending a lot of money as well, like you mentioned on those away games and everything. So how do you think about that? No, uh, like I said, this is going to be a massive process and maybe when we won't be around to kind of see the, uh, yeah. see the fruits of our labor, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's, 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 it's moving in the right direction. I mean, right now, uh, we're a club that has uh, a giant like Kia on the front of our shirt. You know, right. I mean, Kia Motors chose Bangalore FC to step into India and launch because they heavily mm-hmm. into So that says a lot. Uh, the kind of work that our sponsorship team is doing to sell the club. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's so interrelated. The boys do well on the pitch. Uh, we kind of you know uh, cash in on that to build mm-hmm. and pay the fan base. 
once we have all that going for us, the sponsorship and marketing team comes and says, hey, listen, we've got a great product to sell. So, right. like I said, everyone across across rooms in that building is pushing and pulling in the same direction. So, right. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a long process, but yeah, we're still, we're learning, we're learning from the best, we're taking best case practices, we're using all our contacts, all our, uh, you know, relations to, to get on calls with people and figure out how to do they're doing things right. Right. I mean, just last week we were on a call with the people from Barcelona because our coach is from Barcelona, and right. we wanted to know a few things, and they were gracious enough to, to get on a call with us and answer our questions for about forty-five minutes. So mm-hmm. we we don't think we've made it anywhere, and that's the nicest part because it's really easy to get complacent when you win six titles and you're hailed as the most professionally run club in the country over the last decade and things like that. Yeah. But for us, every day is a learning process. Like I said, the best case example is is to give you is that, that right after our awards night, which is technically our last day of the season, when we play our last game and we step into the next day, it's an awards night. It's a tradition where we honor everyone, be part of the club and things like that. The next morning, we get an email from the management the bosses saying, like, great job, guys, but work on the next season begins today. So awesome. yeah, so work, work, and and we've got this meal every single season, whether we won right. or we lost. We work, work on the next season begins today. It's simple. So right. I mean, obviously, we kind of take it slightly easy in the beginning, but that that mindset of not dropping the ball is there right from yeah. right from from the next day. Our new season begins then, yeah. and everyone's so energized about it. Yeah. I've never heard anyone morning saying, "Hey, listen, come on, we we can do it." And <laughs> And genuinely, the season can take a toll on you. It does take a toll on you. Because you are literally uh, just in and out, away games, hotels, airports, immigration, security checks, uh, three points, no points, one point, uh, yeah. a 90th minute winner. It's a grind. A 90th, it's a grind. yeah, it's, it, takes, it's take, it, it takes so much out of you. Then you come yeah. back and that translates to your family back home and here, there, you're not going to talk to anyone. It's just so much, man. So yeah, you kind yeah. of want to put your feet up and relax after it's all over, irrespective of what the result is. However, that's that's not the culture at the club. So we start work the next day. It's mm. uh, in fact so much of our work for next season is already kind of uh, past the approval stage right now. How, right. how are we going to launch our kits? Our kits have not even come, but we know how we're going to launch them. Uh, what are we going to do for away games to encourage fans to travel more? Is that a plan uh, to hold more screenings for away games when we travel back in Bangalore? So, just so many things. So it's, yeah. it's the, the vibe, the energy is is unbelievable at the club. Man. It's unbelievable, and it it just it just gets carried forward from the team to the management. To the, everyone's got the same vibe, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, the culture uh, of the club itself, right? It's so tangible. I mean, you, you can you can feel it actually, right? And uh, uh, as a media manager, as sort of the 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 uh, what do you call it? the megaphone of the brand as such, right? Brand BFC as such. How do you communicate this to the fans? How do you communicate this to you know media uh, and other stakeholders? You know, I. I've seen your match reports. I mean, like, you know, you're so diligent about it. You're so particular about it and stuff, right? But even 
things that are written by let's say journalists i mean somehow this whole infectious enthusiasm and culture seems to like you know carry forward in their writing of whatever bfc is also no no you you are absolutely spot on with that and it's it, I, i think if if i could if i could use one word to kind of sum all this up or the one word that ties all of this up together it's honesty there's an honesty there's a there's a high level of honesty in everything we do mm. we've never needed or we've never had to pick the phone up and say hey listen guys i mean i'm talking about journalists or the media why do you write about this that's not mm. us we've never done that if there is merit in your story great if there is yeah. no merit no problem mm. if you want a reaction from us you call us up we give we get we get one for you so mm. there's this nice there's this really nice degree of honesty yeah and it's not like oh you've written a bad word about us so listen you're going to be given the cold shoulder when it comes to an interview no mm-hmm. that's not how we operate and even with the fans i mean we're very honest about it uh, the the coach the players go to the stands talk to them uh, respond on so many platforms to them personally uh, you know a fan could come to the club to buy a book a piece of merchandise and just walk in the coach's room and say a few words Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it happens so many times, and the doors are never yeah. shut. Yeah, coach, uh, I don't think he should have played a four-three-three. And coach will sit and discuss why he played a four-three-three. And he, I mean, these guys don't owe anyone an explanation. They're professionals. They yeah. get paid for it. They're winning the titles, but they do it. They do it in 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 victory. They do it in defeat. Uh, and same with every other department that the club is. So the this whole this whole. why the honesty that this club is run with i think yeah it it, it spills on to the fans it spills on and we we don't need to sell our story you know mm. we don't need to shout about our honesty mm. so that kind of translates to the way the media uh, uh, no perceives exactly perceives the club and the fans do it and it's just it's just nice it's, it's a really nice place to be in yeah fantastic so i think you've spent what six years with the club now six or seven seven yeah i've been here since since day one and i still yeah i mean i still don't find any reason to wake up and not uh, no that that was that was going to be my question which is what keeps you coming back to the office after all of this time oh man like i said the energy i'm there's literally kariya pa there's not been a single day when i've woken up and said listen I don't feel like going today. Hmm. Oh, I do not want to go to the club. Not a single day in seven years, and I mean, it's it's clearly down to the whole. It's clearly down to everyone at the club wanting to create something every single day. Bigger than themselves, yeah. Just, just we were our own benchmark. We want to push the envelope every single season, every single day. Hmm. We want to be responsible for the next best idea that comes out of Indian football. we want to be responsible for the best communication that is from media point of view uh, the boys want to do it from a football point of view uh, it's just right. just just wanting to be the best every single day drives us to come back me personally uh, i i i've been a journalist for 8 years i've lived my dream as a journalist it's all i ever wanted to do as a kid mm-hmm. and i took the leap of faith uh, came to a brand new city took up a brand new job uh, and it's been the best decision ever i have not awesome. had even a single a single bit of regret and it does mind you it does take a lot to leave a city like bombay when you're born and yeah, brought yeah. up in bombay 
it does take a lot. Yeah, trust me, man. Trust me. But now Bangalore is home. Uh, I'm in Bangalore right now. Season's over. But I don't want to go back home to Bombay. Uh, it's club's family, man. It's club's family. This whole vibe at the, the, the office at, in that building is unbelievable every single day. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, uh, you've just created a lot of enviable listeners to, you know, <laughs> you're, kind of, you're kind of describing the perfect uh, job. Like, right? like I say, like I say, I, I get paid to watch football. <laughs> and I don't think too many people can say that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, lot, of, lot of guys who have to make time, a lot of friends who have to make, who have to make time and say, hey, I can't watch the game today because I have this. I, I can't say I just, there's, there's, yeah, there's no saying that for me. I mean, I literally, I, I, I get paid, I get paid a salary and I'm good one at that to come and watch Neil Chetri and 35 other professionals train. Like, I mean, just top-notch every single day. Top-notch training every single day. Awesome. And then come play a game, win a trophy. I mean, I, I get money for it, man. Come on. It's not even a job. It's wrong. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So let's do a quick uh, rapid fire round, okay? I mean, uh, <laughs> not my, it's not my strongest uh, suit, but let's go for it. Come on. I promise you the questions are not scandalous, so don't worry about it. Go on. So I know your uh, I, I know your favorite club and favorite player. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite club is Arsenal, and your favorite player is Pierre Henry. Correct. Spot on. Spot on. So see, I know you. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to ask you, what is the most underrated club in your opinion? In world football? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think, See? Uh, Good question. Yeah, great, great question, man. Great question. Uh, a really, really tough question if you put me on the spot there. But uh, I probably would change my answer at some point and later when I think of another club. But for now, uh, right on the top of my head, it's Ajax Amsterdam. There, the work they do is phenomenal. Uh, the kind of players that have played for the club, the list is unreal if you go to it. Unfortunately, they've made their mark elsewhere. But man, what, what a club, what a club. And this could have been there almost in the Champions League the year gone by. Okay. I'm going to guess the second uh, question I'm going to ask you, okay? So my second question was the most underrated player. I'm going to... <laughs> Stick my neck out and say it's Dennis Burkhead. Man, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely, man. Come on. And a guy, just just because he's... I mean, look at him, man. He could be a banker. He could be he could be anyone doing a job with a tie. Yeah, but... Man, what a first touch. What a first touch. Straight from him. I used to support... I used to support Manu at that time and I used to hate all these guys. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal player. Man, whoever you support, you can't hate Bergkamp. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I mean, as a football fan, you, you, you just can't, right? I mean, like, even when you're like, oh, God, what? <laughs> I mean, you're still appreciating the skill it takes to do any of that. So, right? yeah, that's Bergkamp, Bergkamp yeah. for me. Yeah. Let's move to uh, Bangalore. Your favorite pub in Bangalore. I mean, I know you have to say the pub that we we both know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I don't have to. Let's, let's, no, I don't have to. One is I'm a teetotaler, so oh, yeah. Okay. But but um, I, I would I would go with Arbor Brewing Company for sure, man. Yeah. I would. And it has a vibe. Yeah. It has the same BFC vibe. It has the BFC vibe and a very quick short story, if I may. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. We went in 2013 to Gaurav Sikka, who owns Arbor. 
Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, great, great. Top guy. And, and we went 2013 to Arbor. We're down having kicked the football. And we mm-hmm. said, listen, we are trying to do something really cool with this club. And, you know, European clubs have their own home pubs. And would Arbor like to be a home pub? And he didn't even say, listen, come back to me and things like that. He said, we're on. Wow. So we entered the meeting just trying to sell the club uh, and ask for the home pub, their pub to be our home pub. And we walked mm-hmm. out in 20 minutes with our brewing company as the club's home pub. Uh, we've gone there after so many big wins, so many titles. We've gone there to celebrate. And yeah. uh, there's been there's been some great memories and great anecdotes from there. So yeah, that place will always be special to me. So Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of my close favorites as well. Um, okay, your best moment from the last seven years. Oh come on. Tough question again. Killing me, man. Killing me. Man. Let's let's do top two actually. Top three. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, top three, uh, not necessarily in order of priority. Uh, one would be uh, the the semi-final win in the AFC Cup or Johor. But mm-hmm. JDD and the country were 3-1, the most magical night this club's ever seen. And mm-hmm. when I say most magical night, this is in spite of us winning six trophies. And none of them, those nights or those evenings have been as magical as that one in, in country or that night. Uh, we came we came to Bangalore, I think, 1-1 on aggregate. And uh, they scored an early goal to make it 2-1 with an away goal. And we were just, we had our backs against the wall, man. And... Uh, what what it does around me. What, so it's just special. If you ask anyone, even the players, mm-hmm. even Chetri, they all talk about that night. Uh, your whole tone changes. So yeah, that would be one. Number two is uh, Qatar 2015-16, the final of the AFC Cup. We didn't go yeah. all the way. So yeah, funnily, my favorite moments are not ones where we won a cup, but because we went, we were the only, we were the first club from the country to make it to yeah. the cup final. And we went and gave a really good account of ourselves. Uh, lost 1-0. But just to kind of reach there, uh, yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal. And to me, part of that is phenomenal. And I remember we all pulled off our medals really soon, the moment they put it on us, because we were so gutted at that moment. But now, whenever mm-hmm. I go through my draw and I find that medal, I think it's, it's the most precious thing, man. It's the most precious thing to me right now. Yeah, AFC was so, special. It was special. That was number yeah. two. And number three is... Uh, just purely for emotional reasons, I would say the first game, our first game. Because hmm. that's where the magic began. Yeah. yeah, not knowing whether people would show up and then yes. realizing Sunil Chetri is uh, not on the list. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean we, 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 we rolled our sleeves up, uh, kind of stepped into the, into the muck, got our hands dirty, not knowing what the future for all of us is. Will this club yeah. shut down? Will this club ever win anything? What, yeah. what what if it gets relegated in the I League those relegations? So yeah, so all these yeah, yeah. all these all these worries. Uh I mean, but yeah, I mean the first game that was when we pushed play and man it's it's been it's been one <laughs> crazy concert. Right. Okay. One word that uh, describes Sunil Chetri. Obsessed. Really? The man's oh. obsessed. He's super disciplined, I know. Like I said, obsessed. He's obsessed. He's obsessed to want to win. He's obsessed with discipline. He's obsessed with yeah. being the best. It's an obsession that you cannot buy for any price. It's mm-hmm. an obsession that you cannot grow overnight. It's right. an obsession that you cultivate from doing the same single thing 
every day, man. Right, and the sweetest guy as well. I've had the pleasure of knowing him off the pitch, and he's now right. one of my closest friends, and I share a completely different rapper with him. But I still right. have that kind of there's this respect, there's a small boundary that I draw with him. <laughs> when I when I see the when I see him operate as a professional. Right. Uh, you gotta look up to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I never crossed that line because I've seen him I've seen him day, day in, day out, do the same things, eat the same things, um, just not skip anything. I remember when we lost the ISL title mm. in Bangalore against Chennai. Uh, the next day he sent me a picture in the gym. Next then next morning, the next morning. Everyone was down and grieving and crying and upset. But our man was in the gym and says, listen, oh, we're going to win the title the next year. And if we have to do that, I have to start working right. He didn't speak, wow. for, he didn't speak for the team. He spoke for himself. It's crazy. And, and we went on to win the title the next year. So, yeah. Fantastic guy. And a true leader as well, right? I mean, in every, fantastic in, example for everyone. In every sense of the term. And one of the things that he... Uh, that has left an indelible mark on me and that even I use, try to use rather, is, mm. is he says that you, you don't see him talking too much, okay, in addressing mm. things like that, not too much, on an everyday basis. And sometimes you know, you've got to say, listen, you know, why do you say this to the boys? He says, listen, I'm not going to say things to them. I'm going to do things I want them to do. So when they see me, they start doing it. As a leader, it's not the moments when you speak that matter, it's the moments that don't that matter. And you know, it's it's when not to speak is what's important. So it's it's just it's just phenomenal to me. So the way he leads by example, says everything's everything's brilliant. Everyone playing with him, sharing the yeah. dressing room with him is supremely lucky. Right, right. Okay, one word that uh, describes uh, Kunal Majgankar. Oh come on. I mean, that's what the... <laughs> <laughs> after, after you've extinguished all of the words, the words for... <laughs> that's for you uh, to say, man. Thing. That's not for me to say. That's for you to say. And you even work with me. So that's for you to say. I, I refrain from answering yeah. this question. That's for you to say. Okay, actually, I wasn't prepared Go to answer on, this, but I have a word, right? And uh, obviously, you know, all of the respect, everything is aside, but... You are the most affable guy I've ever known, man, in life. But I'm glad you think of that. I didn't I expect mean, that. Like, so much of positive energy, right? It's crazy. I mean, I still remember, um, you know, we'd come and meet you and the rest of the day would just like, I mean, we'd go on that high, you know. We'd then go meet like, you know, three <laughs> other assholes and then they, <laughs> whatever, whatever. But then, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, I, I, every meeting that I've had with you, I mean, even this conversation, right? I mean, I always go away like, you know, a little more higher than, you know, what I was. So, such an affable spirit. I'm glad. I'm glad you think like that, man. So, let's leave it at that because I'm not going to use one word to describe myself. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, so, six weeks in the quarantine, uh, how often do you clean? Do I clean? Ah, okay, and here's something you should know about me. I've, I've got a, I have no qualms in admitting that I've got a, more than a mile OCD here. So everything's got to be, everything's got to be in order for me. Why is that not a surprise? Huh? <laughs> everything's got to be in order for me. Everything's got to be in order for me. I will never scratch out anything on my notebook if I've made a spelling mistake with 
Yeah, yeah. I, wow. I will believe that you overlook it, but I don't want it to be scratched off. <laughs> so yeah, I just I just tell myself, listen, when Karya Parikshit, he's not going to spoil this error, but I will not scratch it off. So yeah, I have these quotes, wow. but uh, no. So as far as Kini is concerned, uh, that way the the quarantine is not make any difference to me. Uh, the one hack I've learned that you can make a really mean. Or you just crumble everything, uh, put it in uh, just oh. just a whole a whole packet of chocolate yes. pure magic biscuits, which I really had to nice. part with because the best way to have them is to dip them with tea. But I I, I dunk tea, it yeah. in the in, in the blender and saw something from an auntie online, and yeah, come on, pure magic biscuits and baking powder, and you get you get a proper brownie, unbelievable. <laughs> Damn good. What uh, books or podcasts uh, have you been like reading and listening right now? I've I've really really been able to catch up on a, on a lot of books. It's something I've kind of fallen back on, but uh, I've I've just put down a, a book called The Football Man by uh, an unbelievable writer called Arthur Hawkcraft, and it talks about mm. it talks about characters in football from the 60s. Like from journalists to fans to mm-hmm. owners to directors to players, an unreal book. It's one of the best I've ever read. And I'm currently reading a book nice. called The Revenge of Analog, which uh, again mm-hmm. is something I kind of uh, uh, relate to a lot. And Gaurav Sikha gifted me this book. Uh, yeah, so it's all about. Uh, I have I have a habit of of writing everything on on a piece of paper, and then transferring it to Microsoft Word. So yeah. Every idea wow. is is always written here. Crazy. And uh, yeah, Crazy. I told you I have my quotes, man. And a lot of the book is about how an analog is making a return, how records and vinyl players, or players and paper, yeah. they all making a comeback. Mm. In I mean, they're they're beating a lot of yeah. technology and making a comeback in some ways. No, I mean I've noticed that if you write stuff down, right? There's something like there's something very uh, tactile about it, right? I mean I don't get that same feeling when I type stuff I, onto I the agree. keyboard. And the book, book, the book says something so nice that while while a piece of paper limits your uh, the number of things you could do, right? I mean yeah, it kind of limits it. It also gets the best out yeah. of you. It gets the best out of you. Yeah. Uh, I take so much time on a blank document. Mm. Of Microsoft because come on, it's just there in front of me and I can type and delete and type and delete. Yeah. When I'm with a piece of paper, when I start, I mean, that 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 paper is everything for me. Yeah. So, so everything I write down there is is critical. It kind of makes sense also, right? We've only been typing for about hundred years of our history, I think. And whereas I mean, we've been writing and engraving for like God knows how long, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I may, there's a really cool anecdote. It says an agency. When Adobe was launched, mm. this agency was so excited. This design agency, and the designers got onto it, and but they struggled with with ideas, not not with the technology. Mm. And uh, they kind of, yeah, they kind of took, yeah, they, they struggled despite all all the all the, all the ease with the tools and things like that. Right. Uh, and then they took this big decision to to kind of bring the the software for some time on a project on a particular project and work on paper again mm. and what they did on pieces of paper was far better than what they managed in the book. yeah so, interesting yeah. very interesting how these yeah. things work so so you joined you know bfc at a time when it was still being formed and you know founded and so on right so 
what advice do you have for people facing the similar circumstance as you are right so no precedence as such uh, a lot of the times they have to reinvent processes uh, they have to get people together uh, execute on ideas and so on right so what advice would you have for other startup operators per se just just don't ever go fishing thinking you're going to catch all the fish simple mm. just don't because a lot of times what people people want this this 100% returns on their investment of time mm. okay it's not going to happen all the time so just you will have to go test the waters you'll have to do things and you think experiment yeah you have to you have to yeah. there is no blueprint to getting things right mm. so dirty your hands roll your sleeves up okay and uh, yeah i mean just just do everything with honesty that would be my advice man everything needs to be done with honesty and it always shows in your work and it eventually pulls you through yeah yeah it i mean uh, i even in your seven i haven't succumbed i mean uh, i had this conversation with the management back then saying that listen whatever happens mm. we as a club will never ever pay social media to buy likes mm. the day you ask me to do that is the day we need to find new media manager mm. and it's something they were really appreciative about mm. and if you go and see mm. now these are stats and we've just had a review meeting with our our agency that that pulls out all our stats uh of how we perform in the market and things like that and engagement wise with the best on social media yeah. for the best numbers wise we were 6 or 7 among the first mm. in terms of followers mm. which is still okay with me and i will never lose sleep on that do i want to improve that yes but the fact that our posts and our content is the most engaging is because there's a there's a massive degree of honesty in everything we put out yeah it's all thought about we spend time with our people we spend time with our fans we know what they want and we're speaking their language very interesting so yeah so we we've got it wrong like i said initially but we've we've not taken a u turn mm. there's there's been no u turn there's been no shortcuts there's we just gone all hard and we're still we're still learning but we've hit the speech for in so many places and we intend to keep doing so in so many other places fantastic fantastic so what do you have uh, coming up uh, kunal at the club itself right i mean uh, i know the soccer schools and academy is something that you guys have started as well how is that going anything else that uh, you know we should know about what's happening uh no so uh, yeah i mean the academy is phenomenal it's in bellary mm-hmm. uh uh at the inspire sudo sport which is uh our mecca for for olympic athletes that the country represents it's an unreal facility so that's that that's happening soccer schools is now moved on to different cities in the country mm-hmm. which is a, a big step for us i mean uh, and also it's revenue generation for mm-hmm. us so you know from 5 years of being in bangalore and now having a psc soccer schools in pune in you know in gujarat those are the next steps so like it's taken us 5 years and now we we have uh, the resources the energy the courage to to open this house yeah so yeah so it's 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 all part of the whole uh, the whole desire for the club to sustain itself right at some point right in many ways i feel you're just getting started yeah, absolutely like i said someone else will come and and, <laughs> and basically get all the plots man <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no no we'll so, have to uh, tell the tale don't worry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, it was just so funny cuz just last week i was watching a movie called togo 
upon on a hot star. It's about this. It's about this uh, rescue mission that I think a set of twenty teams with dog sleds in Alaska carried out to get uh, a vaccine through for diphtheria mm-hmm. back then. And uh, the the movie is based on on this dog called Togo who did the longest leg of I think a hundred and forty six kilometers mm-hmm. with his whole team. Uh, unfortunately, he did the second last leg, the dog, and the, the dog that did the last leg of 86 kilometers was the dog that made when the press was waiting for the camera. Shucks. And uh, <laughs> and and that and that dog's got a statue in New York, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right now. And not to go. And not to go. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. No, no, we're going yeah. to frame a uh, we're going to frame a picture of Kunal for uh, eternity. That uh, yeah. people who come by afterwards know that you know BFC was built by all of these folks, right? Like <laughs> Chetri West. Now, I, I I would I would at some point like like to buy a ticket and walk into a game as a fan and sit in the West. Wow. Yeah, that's what I like to do, man. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and then just watch. That's it. Well, I hope to catch you there. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You and I will sit there. We'll go to Arbor. Yeah. And then head to a game, man. Old school. Old school. Old school. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for doing this, Kunal. It was awesome, fun uh, talking to you again. Uh, thanks for sharing all of those uh, experiences and insights. I mean, certainly, I mean, you know, people listening to this uh, will feel the passion with which you know you built this club and uh, take away a lot of good uh, learnings from this as well. And thank you so much for having me, Kavya. Every time I narrate all these incidents and I kind of you know go back, it just makes me feel so much grateful. Yeah. that i have this job and that i do what i do for a living man it's just unbelievable and just so many good memories yeah. every single time it's just one of those things we keep narrating them and they kind of keep getting better every time so thank you thank you so much for having yeah, me yeah you deserve all of this and more kunal thank you so much i appreciate it so much. all right thanks so much man thanks so much cheers man thanks for tuning in to this episode of the startup operator Every weekend we'll interview operators at fast growing startups and curate insights that can help you do better. This podcast is available on all popular platforms. If you like our content, don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you. Until next time, put your head down and execute.